Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and along with me, as always, is Colin Doyle. And we are we are in the midst of it here. It is home opener week, and it's an exciting time to be around the Toronto Rock. A lot of buzz going on, and the first opponent up on the board is the New England Black Wolves. But before we get into that, Colin, I don't want to go too far, but I do have to say hello. Oh, hi, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for saying hello. It's nice that you welcome me to the podcast. Thank you. Yes, and everybody will get a laugh in about 10 minutes about what that all means. <laughs> uh, so we got the NLL season underway this past weekend. Did you get a chance to watch any of the games at all? I saw a little bit of the Colorado SAS game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like week one in NLL action. It's good to be back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some odd results, I think, all over the place. Uh, you know, Rochester starts off with... Uh, not the best outing in front of their home fans and the uh, Rochester Nighthawks 2.0 coming out of the gate and losing to uh, the Georgia Swarm. And it's and it's interesting, the reason why I guess we'll start with that game. We saw this Rochester team here in exhibition uh, a few weeks ago and they put up 14 goals against the Toronto Rock. And I think even on paper, again, this team looks like they've got some guys that they'll be able to compete offensively um, on a lot of nights. But... This past weekend and getting underway uh, on Saturday was not one of those nights. Well, especially not against a hungry, uh, a hungry uh, swarm team that you know, by all accounts, has still got to be a favorite here in this league. Uh, one of the three favorites, I would assume. So yeah, tough night for them for sure. And I think the thing you see when the rosters were all announced, the one thing I noticed was how depleted all the rosters were defensively. Um, I think that's where. And, and goaltending to a certain degree, I think that's where you'll see the biggest difference uh, with the expansion teams and with the other teams. I mean, even some of the teams, you know, that I think some experts are predicting to do well, if you look at the bottom half of their defensive side, you know, there's not a lot of known players there. And I know some of them have turned in to be pretty good, but I think where the depletion will be noticed the most, and it was obvious on Saturday night, obviously, with this Rochester game, is defensively. You know, against these top offensive groups, you know, there's really nowhere to hide out there. And I think, obviously, Georgia showed that and showed that they're still, uh, they're still a factor in this thing. And Rochester will have a – they'll have a hard time finding their way. I think they will, just like some of the other teams. But, you know, it's, it's one game. You lose 14-4 or 14-13, I guess it doesn't matter. They'll move on. But I think the depleted uh, defensive ends of rosters will catch up with a lot of teams. And I think you'll see – there'll be a few lopsided games this year for sure. Georgia might have been the team – I, I, I think Georgia, uh, after Toronto, Georgia was the team uh, hurt the least by expansion. That's, you know, that's my takeaway on that. They're still going to be very strong. Now, when you speak about the depth on some of these rosters, uh, the biggest thing, I think, the quantity, quality, I think ratio, I guess, is something to discuss here. But when do you think we'll have that adjustment or that learning curve where – a lot of these guys who weren't NLL players in the last couple of years that are now getting an opportunity to be NLL players, when will those guys be NLL players? If Some that will. makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, what is this going to be a year or two down the road that we're going to see that, you know, that, that quality depth will be back in the rosters because these guys have learned on the fly and become NLL players? Or is that a 
you can't see Colin's facial expression there, but right. is that a dangerous thing to play with, the learning on the fly thing? Yeah, I just think generally as a rule, the more teams you add, I think defensively, you know, the teams will be exposed the most. I don't know that, that that'll ever change. I think you could – you almost saw it with Philly last year. It looks like they had so many new faces on D last year, and that started the year with, you know, with – you know, everybody finding their stride. That defensive group kind of held their own, but as the you know the year went on, they they wore they wore in a bit. And you know, some guys just said, "Oh, that guy's not a bad player." Then by game fourteen or fifteen, like I, you know, he's not ready for the NLL. Yeah. Kind of worked the opposite effect. Whereas at the start, with all the uh, you know with all the energy they had flowing and everything, they weren't bad. And then as things progressed on, you know, teams saw some film and found a way to kind of pick these things apart I think you'll see a lot of that but a lot of them I think the bottom halves of a lot of rosters will turn over a lot this year and I think they'll just throw different people at it see who sticks uh because they probably you know the teams probably don't know just as much as anybody else uh, so that's why you got your practice roster and I imagine you'll see a few teams move people in and out probably no different than maybe you know our bottom half of our roster you got to see who can play and once you find something you like you cool with it but you never know right so I think our team very little some of the other teams a lot it'll be uh it'll be a work in progress till they find what they think works best so i don't know i think uh, with expansion i think uh, everybody thinks offensively it's it's not offense that'll that'll struggle because you can always find players that can play offense it's it's super hard to find quality defenders and even harder <coughs> to find uh, quality goaltenders so well, well and that's where i think too like some well like i was kind of alluding to the quality versus quantity thing you know up front you've got you know, you pretty much roll with, even though you're maybe going to dress seven, but you have five or six core O guys, maybe some would argue four or five core O guys, but then you do have to have 10 That's right. quality defenders. You know, you can't really have a lot of weak links out there, and, you know, you do kind of need to be 10, and then more than that, 11, 12 deep to, to really be probably comfortable with your defensive group. Right, and, I mean, even Saskatchewan, like, uh, even they've been kind of chipped away at here o- over the years. Uh that uh, that iron curtain they had for so long, um, you know, is no longer there. Now there's real focus on coaching there and getting young players involved. They've done a nice job, that team, of kind of transitioning into a little bit of a youth. But, you know, they're not on paper the same defensive group they were four years ago. But, you know, somehow they've plugged holes with people they trust, but they're still not as good as they used to be. You can have you can have some success against them, whereas in the past <laughs> it was almost impossible. Now there's a few cracks in it. And I think that is a testament to the job they've done because it hasn't fallen down. It's just seen some cracks, and that's a long over, it's over a long period of time. So good on them, but like I said last year, you can start to see some cracks in that defense a bit, and you can start to see some looks where you never had them before. So they're a perfect example of kind of how – with expansion, you know, chip, 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 and uh, all of a sudden you're not you're not left with the same group you had. And like you said, twelve players defensively on each team is a tough. It's that's where you got to find the Tom Schreibers of the world on the defensive end. And I think we talked about this last time. I said the good scouts will go find those players, the Joel Whites of the world. <coughs> and we look at the the roster and how some of these young guys are going to come into the mix here. And we'll talk to Jamie Dowick a little bit about this uh, in a few minutes, but. Three guys who essentially are rookies this year. Scott Dominey did get into a game last year, scored a goal, I think uh, was a pretty electrifying player, if you will. And then you've got uh, Zach Manns, a second-round pick this past year, 27th overall, steps into the lineup. And Josh Jubinville, a guy who was selected a couple of years ago and has played the last couple of summers with the Oakville Rocks with his coaching staff, and, and everyone is very familiar with his game. Um, I think three players to be really excited about in terms of rookies, and there is some unknown. 
Uh, when I look at Zach Manns a little bit right now, I feel like he's a player that um, maybe we talked a little bit about learning on the fly already here, but I think he is going to be a guy that when he is inserted in there, which may be right off the hop um, with going with four lefties and three righties, that he's going to learn on the fly. And I think he's going to have some moments of brilliance this year, and I think he might have some growing pains as well. And we kind of saw that in the preseason where the first two games scores two goals each game, then comes up against Sask, wasn't quite as effective. So I think there's some young faces here. I don't know uh, what you've seen from those guys so far, but these young guys I think are a reason to kind of get excited about about things as well. Well, I think with Mans, I mean, if he's he couldn't step into a better situation, that's a, that's for sure. He'll have uh, all world players around him almost all the time, and you know some of the best players in the game. Uh, obviously, one of the best shooters in Adam, and then uh, you know Tommy. Many consider to be the best cross player in the world all around, and then you know Robbie, who in my opinion uh, could be a top five player in this league, um, and seems to be getting closer with every year since his injury. So, I mean, right there, and plus, you know, Johnny, who knows the game inside and out, and obviously Dan Craig, who's going to find his way this year to be a, a real cog in this offense. So he should slide in there, and if he just does, keeps his feet moving, keeps his stick up, and scores when he gets the ball, it sounds difficult. But if he does that, he'll have some success. And then I think the other two, we saw Dominique last year. I felt like everywhere the ball was, he was. He was really, like you said, electric. He's just, uh, like, to me, he's, he kind of jumped off the page because he was everywhere. He was creating havoc. Uh, havoc. He, he was decent with the ball, made decent decisions, could play a little bit of D, but his energy stood out. And I think uh, with him in, uh, is it Jubinville? Yep. They'll bring energy. And, you know, I think with any team, you need those young guys to bring the energy. When you're on a back-to-back or when it's the 13th game and, you know, it's a one-versus-four matchup, you need the energy from these guys. I think it's very important. So those guys are going to be tasked with that. Um, you kind of see how the Raptors, the bottom half of the Raptors lineup just brings that energy and uh, picks them up when they need it. So I think those guys are going to do that for our team this year. And uh, I think they'll be good examples of as this year progresses – they'll be more important and more valuable and not the opposite. So I think they've got uh, three good ones there. You mentioned one guy, Johnny. Johnny Paulus. The pup. Is he the wild card here in the offense overall? Um, how do you define wild card? Well, I guess in just the fact that, you know, is he is he going to give us what we saw last year or is there still more there? Well, there, I mean, there's more there. There's no doubt about it. Um, this game hasn't passed him by. I don't believe so. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, the definition of a wild card, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think if if Johnny can put his mind to it, he can be a big piece for this. So, yeah, he could be the he could be the one that really makes this offense tick. But I still think it go it, it's on the top dogs. Um, it's on Tommy and Robbie to make things go. Uh, I've always believed that. It's, you know, they've got the ball majority of the time. Adam doesn't need the ball all night to get four. The other two have the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, when we talk with Tommy, you know, we'll find out, you know, what he feels needs to change. But I just feel like getting better possessions, not settling for those outside shots, those are going to hopefully be the themes that this team works on. But, look, Johnny can be two goals a game but make the offense move because he moves nonstop without the ball. He's just a great player that way. So, yeah, to – 
to your point, he could be he could be that uh, that wild card. But I don't know. I, like I said, I always fall back to the top dogs. It's always on them. So we'll see. And we'll talk more about the addition of Dan and how important he is to this offense. And speaking with everybody in the organization, they just feel like they finally got that great group. And we've been talking now, you know, for as long as we've been on air, just have not been able to find that last piece to this group. And everybody here believes Dan's that piece now. So, you know, here's to hoping because uh, – you know, the offense is going to drive this thing. Well, because – and <clears throat> to mention about Dan, like when you're talking about that last piece and sometimes you feel like maybe there hasn't been the guy that, you know, you definitely are putting the ball in his stick to make something happen late in the game. And, you know, this team always had that before. And it was you a lot of times, right? But, you know, and I'm not saying that Dan's the guy that's going to score the game-winning goal, or but he could be the guy that makes the play – that wins the game but Dan also might be the guy that looks Robbie or Tommy in the face and says look you take the ball and score instead of them having to decide amongst themselves yes and I guess that's what I'm kind of getting to is that sometimes over the past years I think maybe you know maybe there has been a bit of looking around to be like who is the guy that's going to take the big shot who is the guy that's going to make the play who wants it right and maybe Dan maybe Dan will be that guy but like you say maybe Dan will help define that amongst the rest of the group and the nice thing with this group is that guy can be one of those three, I think, on any given night, depending yep. on who's got the hot stick, depending on whatever. Um, that's a luxury this team has, but it, it seems in crunch time we have none instead of three. And I think that's been the issue. And I think trying to get to the bottom of that, I mean, you can point the fingers a million different ways, and I don't think anybody really has the answer, but I think defining defining the confidence in all those players to say, look, like we're good with it. If you take this thing and we don't win it, so be it. But, you know, go ahead and make a play. And I do think there's been some looking around. And because everybody thinks so highly of one another, and I think maybe Dan will bring that he, – he should be able to bring that demeanor in there to say, look, this is how it is. Well, sometimes do you think it's a little bit defined by – and I, I think this way sometimes is that sometimes there needs to be some selfishness in your game. Absolutely there does. Right? And I think – and maybe that's, you know, we can sit there and say the offense is unselfish and everybody shares the ball and it's great and everybody gets together, kum, kumbaya, all this stuff. But who's the guy who's going to say, no, no, it's, it's my when turn, Saskatch- I'm going to win the game. When the rush need a goal, where's the ball? Mark Matthews. There you go. Yeah. When, when the swarm need a goal, where's the ball? Lyle. There you go. Like, yeah. you can go down the list for all the championship teams. When uh, Rochester needed a goal three years in a row, whose stick was yeah. it in? 88. It never yeah. ends. So I do believe there's some of that this, this team is missing. And not only in that clutch time when you need a goal in a tied game late, but when, when you've given up two in a row. Mm-hmm. To me, those are those key points. Okay, we got to go and get one here. we got to shut this down. We can't yeah. go 10, 12, 15 minutes without a goal. we got to answer. So as important as those final, you know, hero moments are, I think all those moments that have killed this team over the past three years of those deafening 15-minute stretches without a goal, I think those are where this player steps in or this group of players steps in and says, no more. I'm going to put them on my back and get one here. Yeah, and you know you can go back to so many times last year. You know, like I remember New England uh, down two, they get a five minute power play after Cree gets his head taken off, and they get nothing from it. That cannot happen. So, however they figure that out, if they figure that out, they're going to be a tough, tough team to stop because I think there's certainly something to being selfish or whatever you call it. But somebody saying we got to end this. Yeah. So yeah, I think you make a good point there, and I think. Uh, 
now that we talk about it, looking back at all those top teams, they've all got that guy, right? And it's not always Matthews, but Matthews will drive and make the play, and it'll be McIntosh or Knight that sticks it in. And same goes for Jameson in all those years. You know, he'd kick it over to Keo or he'd kick it to point. On and on and on. You just have to be willing to go to the net and make that play to generate that goal when you need one the most. All right, so uh, we got way off our conversation a bit around the league on week one here, but oh, yeah. we'll just throw some scores out. Yeah, at you, of course, Calgary uh, knocks off Vancouver 12-7, and, uh, yeah, well, we kind of talked Saski, Colorado, and Rochester, Georgia, but um, it's going to be interesting. This three-division format, too, how things are going to line up with the playoffs, and um, but an interesting week one overall, I think. Vancouver... You know, they've made all the headlines for everything that they've done off the floor with uh, their new ambassador, with Paul Bissonnette, uh, stepping in there and, uh, you know, putting a lot of eyeballs on the sport. Let's face it, like it or love it, like it or hate it, or however you want to say it. Um, you know, I was a big fan of it. I they didn't keep it. him? He is still, he, not as a player, no. He's oh. in an ambassador role. Right. I was so, curious because all that side, I like, they, no, no room no, there? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's interesting. I mean, that that can be a whole other topic. But uh, but yeah, so far uh, an interesting start to week one in the NLL, and uh, we're going to uh, obviously welcome in our guests now, Tom Schreiber, and up first, Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick. And uh, stick with us here. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll jump into our interviews. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and along with me, Colin Doyle. And joining us now in studio, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm okay, thanks, guys. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, obviously, home opener coming up this week. Big week uh, Mike, here in Colin's Toronto here Rockland. Too. I did. Colin's I said here too. that you were here. But you so. didn't say hi. Yeah, but this is not the opening segment of the show, Doyle. Oh. Is this your first show? <laughs> Oh, we're working backwards like, here. For all those at home that are out at home, like we're we're taping things out of order, which s- sometimes happens. <laughs> Caught me off guard. My apologies. <laughs> all right. Hey, all Jamie, right. how you doing? I'm good, Colin. How are you, bud? I'm okay, thanks. I was I was kind of feeling the your side there a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, now what's going I, on here? Yeah. Yeah, sure, now you understand. That. I, I got you. Yeah, I got okay. your second segment. Like, when eh? are, yeah, when people are listening, okay. uh, you'll have already said hello to me, and we'll have caught up. Maybe I won't. Cotton. Yeah. Maybe I will not have said hello because I got that in my back pocket now. Anywho, All right. over to, to Mr. Dowick. You've got some questions. Let's, let's get started with the boss. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're getting into uh, the home opener here this week, obviously, and New England Black Wolves first up on the table. But let's talk about uh, your thoughts on how training camp went here uh, through the month of November, three exhibition games here at the track. All three exhibition games, I think, uh, would you say had a very different feel to them the way – the outcome kind of came, although I think in the last two games we kind of had that uh, script of the team not exactly starting well out of the gate. But uh, just your thoughts on training camp in general and how the month of November went. Yeah, uh, training camp went well. Different for us this year. We didn't really have a lot of uh, a, a big number in camp. It was more about uh, battles within, within the room as far as uh, active and practice roster spots. Uh, the preseason games, I mean, really, you know, the result at the end of the day, yeah, you want to win the games. Uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. 
there was a lot of positives that come out of camp and and there was a lot of things we need to uh clean up and and you know that's the point of playing preseason games and and we've had uh two practices here since uh one more we go uh tonight and get and get ready for saturday night so uh you know the the preparation is uh time is is almost done and it's time to get going here now, to talk about some of those positives, I was going to say Zach Mann, Scott Dominey, Josh Jubinville will all start the year on the active roster. Maybe talk about those guys and the impression they made uh, through November. Yeah, well, I mean, you start with, uh, you know, Josh and, and Scott. Um, you know, Josh, we drafted a couple of years ago, uh, couldn't play because of school. Uh, we're quite familiar with, her, with him. He's played the last two summers for us uh, here in Oakville. Uh, Scott Dominey was on our practice roster last year. Um, you know, we, we feel like those guys are both ready to play in this league and, and, and be regulars, we believe. So um, it, it's exciting to have, you know, both bring um, tenacity on the defensive end. Both are, are good in transition and both can finish. So that's exciting. And, uh, you know, Zach Mann, uh, it's, it's just worked out really great. I mean, we, he was a guy that we didn't think would be available when we had our first pick. Um, he f- was still available when we picked, I think, 27, and, and uh, we knew he was willing to kind of relocate out here. And we had a need on the on the left side. We had an open position there, and our preference was to find a, a true old lefty to play there as, as opposed to maybe using a guy like Slater, who we like on the back end. And, and it's worked out real well. I think he's had a great camp, and he earned that spot, and um, I'm looking forward to see what he can do here. I'm uh, I'm with you. I don't think that uh, you, you you have to put too much stock in a training camp. I think obviously here there weren't a whole lot of positions up for grabs, and I think it's just about everybody getting some reps in before the real deal. So, but I would I, I'd like to ask you, what do you think the team's greatest strength is going into the season? I, you know what I I I think we're gonna be. Uh... I think we're going to be really balanced this year like I like to if I had to pick one area that I that I think that we might succeed a little more than we have in the past I, I think the offense I think I think this offense could I'm, I'm hopeful that you know we have the right pieces and that's the biggest challenge with an offense as you know it's not about uh you know when we won in 2011 like look at the guys up there George Yep. You know, guys like that, you got to – I always bring – but to me it's about finding the right pieces, and I, I really do feel like up there I think we, we have those right pieces. So, you know, I, I, I expect, uh, you know, Rosie to be a wall back there and, and do his thing. He's been a pretty consistent guy, and, I'm all, you know, we're always looking for him to take the next step. But, you know, um, and the defense continue to play fast, move the ball. Uh, play fast, score in transition. I think that's our strength when, when we're running. And, and that all start. you know, it's easy to say we want to play a good transition game and this and that, but I always say to guys, well, transition game starts off a save. You know what I mean? So you got you got to get that save. And, and when, we, when we're doing that and we're running the floor and, and playing fast, I, I think we can really push the ball this year. Yeah, I think team speed is – one thing that'll jump off the charts this year with this group and you're obviously by talking so highly about your offense and about having the right group you're obviously convinced that Dawson is the right fit for that right side it seems to have been you know with uh, Tommy and Robbie kind of as a centerpiece is trying to find that 
third piece in there that works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't even think we know what works looks like yet. Is it 40 goals or is it 78 helpers and a bunch of picks? I think that's t- TBD, but uh, I guess you're insinuating that adding Dan there could be the perfect fit to get those two kind of over the top. I, I think so, and, and that's not to take anything away from no, a, you know, a Dan Lindner or whatever, but it's just the finding the right fit. And, you know, Dan, Dan's been around a long time. He understands all aspects of the game. I think he can, uh, you know, he'll create a lot of space. He creates a lot of space. He's still, uh, you know, as you've seen here in the preseason, like, uh, Dan, Dan's still, uh, he's still in unbelievable shape, and he and he's still, you know, very, very talented. I, I think his leadership over there with those guys, I think it's just a great combination, and, and I'm excited to see what, you know, I, I think Tommy's still growing in, in in his player. I think Robbie's back at full strength now, you know, health-wise and, and ready to go. And so I'm very optimistic about that side and, and uh, you know, the leadership too. I, I think it's good for our offense, um, you know, to have that voice again. We've been missing guys like that, you know, since, since we had a guy like yourself. It, it goes a long way in an offense to have that guy that's been through – every situation good bad or ugly to kind of keep that group you know going so i'm excited well also i wanted to say what have you seen about the the guys work ethic and some of their commitment it seems like there's been a lot more guys around here a lot more regularly and they kind of seem to be following dan's lead in respect to that yeah and i'm not going to give him all the credit because it started before he got here but it's absolutely you know it it, it was great. Like it, it really, I really saw that a little bit, and then and then he he signs here, and then of course he's all in with that too, and and that's just picks up steam as we get closer to the season. But um, you know, there's been a lot of guys, you know, and and Adam J comes to mind in particular, but a lot of guys that have put in a lot of time here, um, getting ready for the season, and uh, uh, I you know I think that like Colin said, you'll see it in our speed and on the floor. Those things will pay off in spades. Yeah, I think to that point, Brad Cree, you saw him kind of change his work ethic maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and he came in a drastically different player. The team speed, size, and strength defensively is certainly something that jumped off the page to me watching these guys practice and play. Um, I think, you know, the elephant in the room, if there is one, is obviously, you know, goaltending, and you've got to get goaltending this year. Um, Is there an expectation that? We might see Riley play more, or is it is it going to be the status quo? This is Rosie's team and running with it, um, or do you have any idea? Well, we open the season on Saturday night. And this is Rosie's team. Like Rosie's our guy, but we, you know, having said that, we have a lot of a lot of belief in Hutch. Uh, I think Hutch has earned the uh, trust of the coaching staff and the team. And 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 last year he kind of showed us a couple times that you know he's he he's ready for for more. So. Um, you know, Rosie's our guy, and and you hope you don't, you know, you're never forced to go to Hutch. We'll go to Hutch when we want to go to Hutch, and and you know, I don't know what the plan is exactly for there. Um, you know, you don't think about that going into game one, but um, you know, I, I'm looking for yeah. Rosie's got to Rosie's got to take that next step. I mean, Rosie's been a solid goalie in this league for a long That's time, right. and and. Uh, you know, never considered the top guy, but he's always right there in the stats and whatever. And but, you know, uh, we we've said this over the years, and uh, fair or not, um, you know, for Rosie to be considered an elite goalie in this league, uh, he's got to win a championship. And 
you know that that that's how it goes. Um, you know, Bob Watson won six of them. Yep. You know, and and you just go down the list and you look at like Avino, just 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 the goalies that have won and and uh, I don't you know think... I think he's in that conversation one hundred percent. I really believe that, but he's got we he's got to do it, and it's not all on him. It's on the team, obviously. But you know, the goalie the goalie is a huge factor, and let's. You know, you're not you're not going to win very many games. You know, you're going to win a lot of games when you get great goaltending, and and you know, you're not going to win very many games when you get bad goaltending. So, I don't think this is lost on Rosie for sure. He knows what's at stake, and yeah. I'm sure everybody in front of him does. I got to ask this because I found last year to be in the last two years have been unique like this. Your perspective would be enlightening. I think I found that. Um, you know, inconsistencies, I think, was the thing that usually ended up kind of being the knife that killed you. Because, you know, your your offense would disappear for three games, but then, you know, you'd give up 12, 15, 15, and three. It kind of found – and then ultimately last year with a very good team, you got over the hump with Georgia, and then you lose a game to Buffalo, I believe, 8-6 in a semi. It kind of seems like it's been so hard to pinpoint one thing as to why this team hasn't gotten to that championship game and won one. Um like I have no idea to, how to answer this, but if I had to ask it to you, how would you fix the inconsistencies? If if, if indeed that's what we're seeing, well, and I don't even know if that's the no, case. No, we have been inconsistent, and we've been inconsistent even down to in games. Right. And and to me, really, and and you know, being an offensive guy, you kind of get the glory when things go well. But to me, it's about the offense. Right. And and I find the over the last couple of years, it's it's been a pattern where the offense has gone in stretches even in games where we can go 15 20 minutes without a goal and when you're doing that stuff it puts so much more pressure on your defense when when you're struggling to score you feel like you can't give one up so you're pinching a little more you give one up and then there's another one and it just it's got a snowball effect so back to kind of that's where I kind of look to you know where we used to look to you and you look to a guy like Dan to kind of you know not let that three minutes drag into five minutes drag into 15 minutes like you know the 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 attention to detail the focus i'm really looking for that that the the offense needs to become more consistent we don't need to score seven goals or eight goals in a quarter we need to score four or five every quarter you know or four, right. four three or four every quarter um that's what we need to become i think it it, it lets your defense play the way we want to play and uh, and Rosie too, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 it and it's a very tough league to play from behind. And you know how many times do you see a team fall behind by four or five goals? And at some point in the game, they probably get it back to either one or even, but they never get ahead. Or you know, it's always like because it's a game of runs, so you get your run to get back to even, and then they go. So you we need we need to be a consistent offensive team. <laughs> Um, night in and night out, and, and they've got to kind of set the tone. And, and I see our defense kind of feeding off that. And to me, to take the next step, that's what we need. Yeah, because this team on paper, in my opinion, like they're, they're you know, your top 18 anyway, there aren't a, a lot of holes. And I, there, there, there isn't a roster in the league that looks better on paper. I think you've got, I'm with you on this. This team has everything uh, from goaltending right on up. So it's funny, you know, I think uh, Mike and I have talked in nauseam, at nauseam about that, trying to figure out what, what it is with this thing. But ultimately, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think Mike and I probably agree that 
get out of those dips with the offense and get some sort of consistency. And this is going to be a really tough group to stop. Well, and that's what I was going to throw in there is that it feels like when you look just back at the three years that Matt Sawyer has been the head coach, you know, you have playoffs, you're out, you're back in last year, you get to the East Finals, you get over the hump against Georgia. You know, the year that the team misses the playoffs, you have the Schreiber injury that, that you know, hurts things midseason. And it just feels like right now, and you can chime in here and let me know if you feel the same way. I think you might. But that it almost feels like this team is just, you don't want to say destined, but it's their time to get to the finals. Well, what they if, do you with it be, if you want to be a great team, it is. You've got to yeah, take the next step, right? Exactly. Like, but it feels like the way that history has been written here over the last three years, that this is the natural progression this team is poised to do this and get to a final and then once they get there it's but, what they do with it obviously there's a lot of lacrosse this to go is here mike before. with the storyline exactly yeah. you know this is, is mike with the storyline it is you but it it feels like that's what we're about to embark on here. I, but i gotta be with jamie on this one like, it can feel any way you want it to feel the bottom line is these guys got to go out and play absolutely and i think you know without tiptoeing around it the mindset probably has to be tweaked a little bit in there and i think that's what you said you've you've addressed with danny and a few other minor changes and uh, like I said, I'm with you. Like the storyline should be written here, but it could have been written here last year, and I feel like it could have been written here the year before. And you can't pass up your opportunities because right. you never know what happened. We, we we went. I think I read, you know, well, well, people want to take shots at us last year. And I don't know if this is a shot or a good thing, but you know, we went seven and one in one goal games. I mean, and think about all those games at home, like one goal games overtimes. I mean, you know. That could, have, that, could, to... that could be one and seven, and then, then it's a much, uh, you know, uglier picture there. I mean, listen, every year you want to become you want to become better until you win, and then when you win, you want to repeat it. So we lost in the Eastern Conference final last year, so we need to take the next step. So that means getting to the final, and and you know, like you know, people can sit here and. About but I was getting to the final is <laughs> is good enough. It's not. It's it's, it's not. about winning. So to me, the next step for this team is to become a championship team. And and the the leaders on this team and they know who they are. They got to lead the way. And 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 this is a team from top to bottom. And everyone's got their role and everyone's got their part to do. But um, you know, it, it's time to so let's let, let's go because I believe the the. The groups here to do that. And I believe on the topic of the one goal thing, this is a one goal league. I think everybody kind of internally calls it that all the time. It's a one goal league. So there you got to win those one goal games to get to where you want to go because you look at 2015. There should be and a I lot. I think that's what the team, you know. That's how the team got to the finals was winning a ton of one goal games and the yeah, being listen, on the right I'd rather side be of all up, those I'd games, rather like, be up a goal every game and yeah. fighting and holding on at the end than trying to come back. Listen, it, it, there's something to be said about that, but it just goes to show you, you know, the fine line between winning and losing. But you know, we had this argument last year with a couple of these games, and we said they shouldn't even have been six goal games. Right. You know what I mean? And there begs the consistency again. Well, why why are you in a one goal right. mess with Philly at home? Because you went quiet yeah. for fifteen exactly. minutes or twenty yeah. minutes. So like, to me, with expansion, there should be very few one goal games for this team this year. If they're going to win the one goal games, it ought to be when they're in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I think they should. I think they're significantly better than a lot of teams in this league. I really, really do. And I'm with Jamie on this. I think this is a championship team now. It's time for them to prove it. We've put some. Incredible expectations here, podcast two on this team. But I think it's there. I look at it, and I said there, there aren't many holes. And I think the addition of these young guys to give them full-time minutes is just going to make the team hungrier. 
I like the addition of those young guys. I liked them last year when we saw them in small parts, but I think they're just going to give you that little taste of hungry out there that keeps the vets going. But uh, this is a good group. I think we all agree. I mean, we could be sitting here next Tuesday ripping this thing apart after game one, but let's hope not. <laughs> no, we're I, not. I, I think, yeah, uh, we're not thinking like that <laughs> yeah. right now, okay? No, neither am I. I just – I get excited. And I was excited last year, but I think this, you know – this is a pretty good group, and you got to feel good about where you're at at this point, and then you move forward and you see what you got, obviously. But I think you watch the, the preseason. I don't think you look too much into that. you got Tommy back healthy, and I think you take a run at this thing this year. It's going to be an awesome team to watch. So fans ought to be excited. All right, let's wrap it up on that All note because right. we also, speaking of Tommy, we got him uh, waiting in the wings here to get in. And, uh, Jamie, we'll thank you for joining us here. And All right, guys, looking forward to the season again. and uh, keeping up with the podcast. I know it's a hit with everyone, and uh, I'm excited, man. Looking forward to it. See you down there Saturday. Can't wait. Okay. That was Toronto Rock owner, president, and GM Jamie Dowick. We'll take a short break and be back with Captain America, Mr. Tom Schreiber, in studio with us. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock here with Colin Doyle. And we now welcome into the studio Tom Schreiber. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you back here. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the summer and how things went there for you. I know uh, a lot of fans were tracking things uh, with the injury at the end of the PLL season for you. And um, we haven't seen you in any exhibition games here. So the fans haven't really got a, a look at you yet, but uh, maybe you can just talk about uh, how things went at the end of that PLL season and, and how you're feeling here through training camp. Yeah, feeling great. And, um, you know, I think holding out of the preseason um, was more precautionary than anything. I think if those were regular season games, I think I would have been in the lineup. So um, spent the you know my short off season here you know the seven or eight weeks that I had rehabbing and and getting ready so coming off a little shoulder injury or an upper battery upper battery injury as you guys like to say (laughs) um and uh but feel great you know feel good to go went you know full guns last week we'll go full guns tonight at practice and uh you know feel confident and couldn't be more excited to start playing have you did you ever miss training camp at all going into the season call no 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 no, I was always – I never missed – I don't even think I ever missed a game really until like my second or third yeah. last year. So, no, I never missed any time. I guess I'm just curious as to see like, you know, how you feel, you know, timing-wise, all that stuff, being in sync with the guys, especially a, a large piece of the offense being inserted this year in Dan Dawson and just how you felt, I guess, really just working with them in practice and chemistry-wise how you feel about the offense in general. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you'd obviously like – as much time together in a full speed, full contact environment as possible. Um, so tried my best to take steps to make up for that. You know, I watched all the preseason games and was lucky enough to participate in just about all of training camp just in a limited way. Um, but yeah, no, I think we'll have to um, do a little bit of that on the fly. Uh, thankfully, you know, Doss has been in the league long enough, so there's plenty of film on him. Uh, and and I, I watched a lot of as soon as we signed him, you know, I watched a couple of Seals games and see saw everything that he's capable of. And um, you know, despite not playing together in a real game yet, he's already you know, brought so much to the table for me, just as you know, a teammate and a leader and someone who you know can pass along little pearls of wisdom. And um, 
super excited to play with him. You know, he, his just knowledge of the game and his IQ and the way he can articulate different things, especially for someone like me who's constantly like trying to pick up on new things and improve year to year. Um, he's already been a huge help, and you know, I'm super excited to actually get get out there with him. I so. would argue, I would argue that you could probably step right out there without a camp. And I mean, you play so much lacrosse nowadays. You know, everybody, not just yourself, but everybody plays lacrosse so much. You know, if you're not a player like yourself, you don't get out of shape. I imagine going out there Saturday will be it'll take you one shift and you'll be right back in the swing of things. That's that's my that's my uh, estimation, anyways. Just I can't see you. You know, I don't think the time off will hurt you at all. I think the rest is probably help you more than than anything else. You get out there and it'll take you one shift to get the feel of it again, and then you know your eyes will open wide and it'll be back to normal. That's that's how I see things playing out. I could be wrong, but that's how I see things playing out Saturday. I don't think it's going to take you long to get adjusted. Well, one thing you were just talking about there, always trying to pick up little things and and learn. Is there anything that you know from the end of last season to the start of this season that you specifically worked on? Is there something that even you feel that you're a part of your game that's better now even than what it was at the end of last season? Well, I, I think it – hopefully it'll be better. So there, I think there's a lot of things. So I'm not all that thrilled with my season last year. And, you know, I think I can be a lot better. I think our offense can be a lot better. So, you know, it's kind of reevaluating everything. And, um, you know, I've said this with the staff and those that, you know, I kind of lean on for tips and stuff. Like it, it, it certainly wasn't for lack of effort. You know, I spent a lot of time – um, trying to dial in, you know, my shooting and watching film and whatnot. And I think, you know, having an off season and even you know, the injury can almost be looked at as an advantage in, in this point, just being able to take a step back and kind of view things from more of a mental side of things and trying to get better IQ wise. And, you know, Colin's been a big help. The entire coaching staff is, has really helped. Um, and then, and Doss and then really the whole team. So it's, it, it's more of a mindset shift for me, I think, than, um, than anything else and being smarter around uh, where I should be on the floor, ball in my stick, ball not in my stick, um, where I'm going, different angles, different you know strategies to kind of employ when I'm out there and um, continue to do the things that have worked, but you know, obviously fine-tune the things that need, need some work. I got one more quick thing, Colin, before you jump in. Back to the PLL for one second. When you did get hurt, there was a video that went out on social media. You gave a very uh, emotional, emotionally charged, I think, speech at halftime to your team when you got hurt, and it was it was very impactful. Is that is that something you see yourself doing here in Toronto now too? And and being, you know, is that your personality? Are you very vocal in the dressing room? Is that something, you know, you you want to kind of take on more? So is that? I I just thought it was a it was a great look inside. It was a great piece of uh, content for sure, but. Uh, it's certainly, uh, you know, I'm not in the locker room with you guys, so I, I, but, you know, talking to you, I don't always get the impression that that's who you are necessarily, but mm-hmm. is that who you're becoming? Is that what you want to be more of, more of a vocal guy? So I, I, the first thing I'll say about that is I wasn't aware there was a camera there, and if I knew, I, I probably wouldn't have done that or would have asked them to leave. So yeah. I, it's, it's a PLL. It's a, There's always a camera. No, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a funny dynamic because I, I – you know, understand the importance of it. And it is a cool moment to capture, but like you also want to, as a player, you want to separate, you know, some of that. But um, I would say uh, that is me. And I I would also say that I pick and choose. Um, I'm not a guy where I'd like to think that I'm not a guy that uses much like empty, 
like motivational language yeah. but when the time comes to say something that's real and authentic like I I'm certainly not afraid to do that and um, you know that's the first year of that team but I've known a lot of those guys for a long time and yeah. trust trust a lot of those guys have played with them in the past so you know I'm very comfortable there and very comfortable here too you know I I, I know like you know th- I had a non-traditional way of coming here but it's it's year four you know yeah. I'm not I'm not a rookie and you know I am you know I started playing I think when I was 24 so I was never yeah. that young so I've never been um, one to shy away from things like that um, and we have you know we have a lot of great leaders on this team and I've played with a lot of great leaders over my four years like th- this team has changed yeah. a fair amount so um, certainly you know not shying away from anything like mm-hmm. that and you know it's it's definitely a group effort you know in the PLL with the archers and here with the rock as well yeah I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I always see your situation as so unique because, you know, up to four years ago, you'd never even played the game. And, I, and again, we won't talk about it because it's talked about probably to death. <clears throat> but I think you beat yourself up a little too much in the fact that, you know, you, you're always trying to break things down and become better. But this game is so new to you. And I think a lot of people lose track of that because of this, how skilled you are. And um, you have the notoriety as being one of the best cross players in the world. But you've adapted so well to this. For you personally, to help get this – offense and Jamie and I and Jamie and myself and Mike talked about trying to get more continuity and and more consistency from the offense we all believe that's a really important piece to move this team forward take yourself out of it what does the group have to do to just become more consistent what do you think they got to do to become more consistent I I think work for better shots Um, I think we settled for some outside looks a lot last year and you know over time like as as that builds up you lose a little confidence and I think once you lose that you're going to settle for some you know safer shots and maybe not work as hard and it's not an effort thing it's more of just like hey I don't want to mess this up Um, and I think we fell into that a little bit last year I know I certainly did I know the question's not for me personally but for the offense but I think working a little harder for for higher quality looks will go a long way for us um you know, and I think you could always improve um, on the power. I don't even know where we fell in terms of rankings, but I know, I know, you know, even in my limited box lacrosse experience, like you have to execute on the power play to be successful as an offense. And, um, you know, we have to do a better job, obviously, on five on five. So I think, you know, it, it's kind of your, you know, cookie cutter answer, but, you know, fine tuning the things that, you know, we've done well in the past um, and not losing sight of that. You know, and then and then continuing to work hard and, and continuing to get better every week, and you know, I think we'll we'll play more confident and and score at a higher clip. Do you find do you find this game fun? Like yeah. the box across, like do you, <laughs> uh, be honest, like uh, do you enjoy the game? Like is it? Uh, and don't compare it to field. Is it? Do you enjoy playing the game? I do. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean the speed, the physicality, the skills that go into it. It's 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 incredible, and and, and it's you know something that. I, growing up watching it, you know, when I'm really young, when the Saints were at the Nassau Coliseum, and then I had a few friends who played for the Wings the first time around um, when I was in school. So we would go down and, and watch in Philly, and um, I remember the game like Dane Doby had like his like couple classic goals, like the like coming over the top around the back goal, and I was just like, just remember turning to the guy next to me, and it was just like. Psh. Like we've been playing lacrosse for a long time, we could never play right. in this league, and it's just so different. And um, 
you know, th- this experience has been super cool for me. Cool. Like at, at times it's, you know, obviously frustrating because it <laughs> oh, is yeah. new and, and there are certain things that, um, you know, don't come naturally, but like that's, that's on me to, to, you know, get to a point where, where it does come naturally. And, it, and again, like I mentioned it before, it's year four. So, um, I get that it's new and I appreciate you saying that, but I, you know, I want to be you know, a box lacrosse player, not a, a field guy who's like making it work. Right. So that's, that's really my goal and has been my goal. And, um, you know, whatever that entails and, and, you know, we've talked about it personally, like a lot of that is, you know, off ball and, and figuring out where to be and, and developing those instincts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my, my junior A like credentials, right. like on the fly. This is your fourth yeah. year junior. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do. And you know, that's kind of how I view this. And, you know, I think a lot of that is, it just takes, you know, film, you know, education and, you know, leaning on, you know, the coaching staff and, and other players. And I, I think like I've had so much support over the last four years from, from all those types of people where, you know, not every American who's given this a shot or every anyone who's been new to the game like has has had that luxury. You know, I say that a lot. Like I, I think there are you know people that you know American players that want to make this transition. For me, like I, I just I had so many stars align. Um, you know, we kind of needed a ball carrier. You know, and I was able to fill that role. Like if if we had two ball carriers and I had to be the off ball guy four years ago, like I would have got cut on the, on the first day. Right. Um, you know, you had just retired, uh, shooter had just retired. Robbie had just gotten hurt. So it was kind of, right. kind of taking a, another look at the offense. And I know Jamie had took, you know, took a shot on Kieran and me and, and said from the beginning, it's like, Hey, we're going to work with you. Like, we're not just going to throw you to the wolves and see if it works out. We're going to give you a real shot at this. So, I think I was super lucky with right. that, just timing-wise, playing for this organization in particular. Um, Jamie's willingness to go out on a limb, and then really the team's willingness to kind of work with with both of us, with Kieran and myself, um, to this day. Is it? Are you going to find it tough out there this year without your tough guy, McCardle, having your back, or <laughs> anybody uh, to replace him? No, no. I, I told Kieran though, I'm I'm fighting <laughs> yeah. at the. Uh, <laughs> At the Coliseum in okay. front of both of our friends oh, and families. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he knows the timestamp. He's going to be ready, like when, exactly when we're doing it. And uh, you're going to spend some time with us working, <laughs> on, working on your game. <laughs> that would be awesome. I, that would be ideal. That would be. A uh, couple of non-rock related questions because I'm always curious. I don't know much about your background, so I think I, I can't be the only one that doesn't know. Who did you idolize growing up playing? Like where you were, where you were from as a kid. Uh, boxer field who did you kind of model your game after who who did you watch all the time like what was your generation of idol yeah I mean combination of guys it, it's it's a great question I'll start um in field you know I'm, I'm a midfielder my dad played lacrosse forever so he was kind of my guy I obviously never saw him play um and graduate you know his last game was in 1976 and like <laughs> actually in some crazy box league that I don't even he played really? the Maryland Arrows I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys would know who that is but so the original NLL I believe I it was it, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm not sure he said it was he said NLL. it was pretty barbaric yeah he said it was, he loved that's what it. We, uh, everything I've seen it was pretty barbaric. <laughs> yeah <laughs> good on him yeah um and he he was really the first one to like really you know push for me to do this when, see that's neat had, I didn't know yeah, that when Jamie had first reached out and I thought he was gonna I didn't think he'd be for it at all right and he was like yeah do it like I, I loved it when I played like give it a shot and like 
take it seriously. Don't wait, like, don't go up there unprepared. And he was a huge help with that and has been my whole life. But um, as a midfielder, my whole, since I was in third grade, you know, there was a lot of guys that I, that I had watched. Um, you know, Josh Sims played at Princeton. Um, he played in for Colorado. Yeah, for he had a great years. NRL career. Um, you know, and, and as I got a little older, Paul Rabel, Kyle Harrison, guys that I know super well now, um, that were just at the top of their games. And Hopkins had such an impressive run in kind of the mid-2000s that that was like a pretty impressionable age for me. But I was always a junkie. Like I watched all the MLL games, like the Long Island Lizards played at Hofstra. I, I grew up right there. And then the same with the Saints. Um, you know, it's five minutes from where I grew up at the Nassau Coliseum. And Roy Colsey was, was my guy. Um, Roy was great. Rocket. Yes. Yeah, the Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Roy Colsey I, I watched. And Vinny Sombrato yeah. when I was real young. And I know Vinny a little bit too now. And uh, and Gordon Purdy. Gordon, you know the, the Aussie. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So Gordon Purdy ran a day camp um, on the island because he coached at Adelphi. Um, you know, and so he was like, the coach at the camp and like then I'd go watch him face off in these games and I had a couple of birthday parties at the Saints games I got to go out on the floor <laughs> and shoot on the mascot and uh so I guess that was my box across experience before Wait. coming up here so there I did I did have a little yeah a birthday party at the yeah. Coliseum <laughs> is, is Purdy is Gordon's Purdy still in is still on Long Island where is he now I, I believe he is uh, I'm not sure if he's still the coach at Adelphi um he may be but I know his son who was like he was like five years old, but played with like the thirteen-year-olds right. at this camp I was at, and he graduated high school a few years ago, and that was like one of the first times I was like, "Wow, like I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> like this kid is like in college." But I mean, it, he probably doesn't even know that like I was at his camp or anything. Right. But it, it was always the most fun. Like it was very fun focused. It was like forty-five minutes of lacrosse, snack, half-hour lacrosse swimming pool right. lunch like games go home like it was but it was it was a lot of fun a lot of the kids in my neighborhood went and uh yeah we always had a blast long island's uh i and correct me if i'm wrong i'm still working on my geography but it's long island upstate new york baltimore correct that are the hotbeds still or am i off i'd, I'd say so yeah. yeah i think there there's definitely a few more emerging um and whenever anyone says that you know that the hotbeds names those hotbeds like and i'm not just like pandering to our audience here but I, I, you have to mention right. this area sure like, like that especially in in you know the kind of infusion of the you know canadian players the last few years um you know not that you know like the gates and guys before that were, were have been doing it forever but the the numbers are larger now and you're seeing more and more guys do it did you ever see tommy marichak play sure yeah, yeah and I, I met him um I was a little starstruck when I, because I, I really was like a, a complete lax rat, and uh, I met him at the PLL championship in Philly, and I was, I was like a little flustered, like I didn't, I didn't realize like he was standing right there, and, and um, but yeah, I've, I've seen him. He play. was a good one too. Yeah, memory lane here, Mike. Sorry, Mark Millen. Sure. No, I went to Millen's, Mark Millen's camps as there well. There you go. See, um, look at this. Yeah, and his his sons are are really good players too, and. Um, met them and coached them a little bit too that was that was another cool like full circle moment yeah i got off the rock topic my apologies no but i thought you had one more off uh off floor question you wanted to throw out there you said you had a couple i did i think i was gonna ask well yeah what's your favorite movie 
Um, I could go a couple of ways with this, but a Bronx Tale, I think, is my, is my very favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a good gauge of people's age. What are you, 28 then? 27. 27. All yeah. right. That's good. Yeah, and for I, the fans at home, we're learning a bit about Tommy. I'm sure they already I thought know. You were gonna, I thought you were going to throw the question about the engagement. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's not a question. I heard, I heard yeah. you got engaged. Now, Congratulations. Listen, I'm not on social media, so this is news to me. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell our folks at home what kind of romantic care? Tell everybody how you did it. It, Are it, we privy was, to that? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, it was it was pretty romantic if I if I say yeah. so myself. And uh, no, it's it's something we've talked about. So like the the engagement itself was you know far from a surprise, but the proposal was meant to be, and I knew I wanted uh, like the big surprise to be both of our families you know kind of there and, and present for the whole thing. And um, we do this like little walk uh up on the north shore of long island it's like really secluded um through through the woods probably 20 minute like little trail and opens up onto this beach and we timed it up at the sunset and you know got down on the old knee and luckily got a yes and then you know both of our families kind of came down the hill and you know met us there and we got super lucky It, it was you know in november good weather sun came right down and um yeah. Well, like congratulations. So thank that's you very awesome. much. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. That's awesome. I see yeah. a few more women Tom Schreiber fans this year, eh? Story like that. <laughs> Get love. Look at Just melting hearts. Yeah. Look at this year, right? that's so that was good. obviously before this big storm hit, right? It was. Did yes. you guys get hit? This was this past weekend or the weekend before? This past weekend, we just got hit at home. Um, but this was coming up on three weeks ago oh. now so yeah I, I got lucky with the weather and we had no issues or anything so um it is funny though we had to move pretty quickly like we already have a wedding date because i have f- four free weekends you're gonna get married year. at a lacrosse game i assume yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> it might have to be halftime of one of the rock games but you no know, yeah. my advice don't do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust me on that one yeah so month of october is our, our is our only option and we set a date this cool venue you know, by her uh, family's house, and you know we're we're already hitting the ground running. I'm taking a pretty passive role in the in the yeah. wedding plans. If I if another I good say. idea, yeah, like <laughs> I'm kind of uh, leaving leaving that up to uh, my fiance now. Your fiance. So. Well, here's to hoping we can have the NLL trophy at this October wedding. How about that, eh? Well, why not? not? There that you would, go. Why not? A lot of positive vibes out of today's yeah. show. You know, we got Jamie coming out and saying how good the team is. Yeah, we both agree. We got an engagement here. Hey, look at this. Things are up. Good luck this weekend. I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you got practice. I'm really excited to see how great of a year you and the offense are going to have. I think we all believe it's going to be, no matter what, it'll be fun to watch. If you guys can take that next step, I believe we all think good things are in the works. So as a Rock fan, first and foremost, I know I'm excited to see this thing through. So good luck. Absolutely. Echo that completely. So uh, thanks again, Tom. Yeah, we won't take any more of your time. We know we got... uh, practice here to get to and uh, one more chance to get things right here before Saturday night so thanks for joining us and maybe we'll do it again yep that's the plan appreciate it guys thanks Tommy all right that was Toronto Rock forward Tom Schreiber we'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap it up in a moment Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle here to wrap things up. And uh, we appreciate everybody for staying with us. And hopefully everybody was able to tie in the little uh, opening segment, a uh, little joke there. But little uh, My off-season wasn't yeah. the greatest. I'm still working out the kinks here on the radio again. Like we did a show two weeks ago. 
Yeah, well. All right. Okay, well, we weren't working backwards on that one. <laughs> no. Lesson learned here. Won't uh, happen again, folks. Um, anyway, so we got a big one coming up here, the New England Black Wolves, uh, Saturday night, and they're all big, right? It's 18 games. They're all big. There's no small games on the schedule. Um, what are you thinking for this thing on Saturday night? I mean, we've talked about depth of rosters and whatnot, and, I mean, I think New England up front is – fairly loaded you know they've got a lot of guys that can score they've got some guys that i think will have an opportunity to step into even bigger roles this year and maybe take a step forward i mean steph leblanc's still there and had one of uh if not his best seasons in the nl last year callum crawford was uh you know a couple of games suspension away from uh you know winning the scoring title and whatnot so you know it was uh this team shouldn't be taken lightly, I guess, is what we're trying to say here. No, I mean, the good thing is it's the first game of the year. I can't imagine the Rock are going <coughs> to even consider taking anybody lightly. But what do I think? I think the Rock are at home, and I think they're the better team. So what do I think? I think they go in and put one on them. That's what I think. I really think we are the better team. I think their goalie stole them, uh, they, their goalie stole them one last year, and that's bound to happen. But you got to put the pressure on them again to make them steal it again. He was really good, I think, in two of the three games. If I remember correctly, he was really yeah. good. So obviously, you know, there's something there. And uh, but yeah, I just think uh, this team. I mean, this first effort will tell us so much about the mindset of this team. And I think that's what I'm most curious about because you know I'm around the team and not like a little bit, but not a lot. But I just you know I never get this like get this good feel for what the mindset is. And I feel like if they can acquire that uh, championship mentality. You know, which I don't think they have yet. If they can, you know, I think this first game of the year is a great chance to show it. Like, we mean business this year. Here we are. We're going to start rolling over teams. It's not always going to be easy. I'm not saying that. I don't think we're far and away the best team in this league. But um, I really like the makeup of this team. And, you know, I don't – I'll say it a thousand times. I don't think there's a ton of holes. And I think this offense can be the top in the league. I think this defense is big and fast and strong, and I think Nick can have himself a great season. So, you know, there's no reason to to expect anything different. But I'm curious to see what that mentality is. That's what I'm most curious about. I mean, aside from being a fan and being excited to get back to the rink to see them play again with my family and the fans and everything like that, which I truly love, I'm just most excited to see, like, what their mentality is. And I think uh, this first game will tell us a lot. Well, you know, something that uh, just – occurred to me that's kind of wild and i am pretty sure we haven't mentioned this guy's name on the uh show once yet today the captain challen rogers we haven't even talked about uh, you know defending transition player of the year and, and what well, his there's, impact there's nothing here. to mention i think everybody knows what's there now like the surprise is gone you know, I think, is he not a two-time MVP now, the summer league here in town? Back-to-back, back, yeah. I mean, the cat's out of the bag with Challen. I think the expectation for him to have a 15- and 20-goal season along with being a, a great defender who runs the floor with all that flair and athleticism, I, he's just – he's turned himself into be a franchise player. Um, so I don't think there's anything to be said there. I think that he's endeared himself to this fan base, and I think he's so exciting to watch play. Um, so – what's the point of talking about him 
You know, we, well. <laughs> we know what to expect. This guy's the man. Uh, right, could, you well, know, let's they, pump his tires a little bit then. Could he have a MVP-type season out of the back end? We shall see. Will he get more time on the power play or less? Will, you know, is he in a full-time offensive role? I know we saw him play more offense than defense in the preseason. Is that just because Tommy was unhealthy or is that something they play? There's a lot of questions about him, but I think ultimately what you want to see from him is picking up that ground ball, flying up the floor, making great plays. So... Yeah, there's obviously we're so lucky to have him. I think he's in the top six or seven players in this league for a lot of different reasons. But I think everybody knows that now, and I think his next step is to to be the captain of a championship team. So I'm hoping on the back end of that we see him mature on that end and become one step closer to being the captain of this championship team. That's what I hope for, but uh, I, you know, the fans are going to be lucky to be able to watch him again nine times at home. Yeah, and well, we saw how much offense he played in the preseason, like you're saying, and, and you're right. It's because of just, you know, some personnel stuff up there up front. But, um, you know, I think, you know, the coaches are so in love with him at both ends of the floor that I think, you know, if he could play 60 minutes, they'd just let, leave him out there. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he would play, but – but when you bring up the question on the power play, that's actually something, you know, that I haven't even considered here through the preseason is will he get some time on the power play, even with Dan Dawson here and, and the strong, strong three righties that now exist there that you would think, you know, is a fourth righty getting power play time? Like, well, at, the at only reason point, he, I mean, that's a, the that's only a reason he question. got power play time last year is because the power play faltered. Right. Uh, and he was a spark plug to change it, and he did his job well. Uh, you know, so what do they do this year? They go back and go to the three in now dance here. Uh, the, yeah, I, I, I can't yeah, – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, what would I do? That's one thing. What, the, what they do is another. Um, but either way, having him in their back pocket to do whatever is a pretty nice Huge asset weapon. to have. So, Huge, yeah. Um, he'll have a great year and like i said could it be an mvp type year could this be the year that something like that happens can he do enough on the score sheet who knows the the sky is the limit for him and uh again we're just so lucky to have him here and uh, i think the next step for him is just kind of start leading these guys with the help of some of these new pieces and some of the older like uh some of the guys that were captains last year they're going to chip in they all got to move this thing a little bit closer to that championship so it's the best time of year because you're just full of enthusiasm and optimism, but I think for good reason. Now, we did speak also a little bit about Nick Rose, uh, goaltending, where that takes his team this year. The preseason, you know, Nick started tough in that Saskatchewan game, let in uh, three goals in the first minute, four goals in the first 247. Team was playing from behind, uh, something we've already talked about can't happen. Um, I guess just your thoughts on where Rosie's game's at right now and, and going into the, the start of the season and how much, I guess, the success of this team hinges on him. Well, it depends. Who Not he, to be trying to put a bunch depends of pressure who he on him. Well, there is a bunch of pressure yeah. on him. Unfortunately, like he's been in this league a long time now. and He's been the starter here for a long time. And so there is all sorts of pressure on him. And I don't think, again, I don't think that's lost on him. But, you know, ultimately you don't win in this league without a great goalie. And, you know, the, the way the championship teams have followed, you know, Vino around, like, yeah, you know, and, and Whipper before him and Dallas before him and O'Toole. Like, you know, they're great goalies win in this league. Now, everybody has to be playing well in front of them, and that's obvious. That's obvious. But the pressure is on Nick this year to be consistently good. Um, giving up four goals in 247, you're right, is, is a sign of not so good. 
So, you know, we want to avoid that. Uh, but I think mo- there was more good than bad last year. I really do believe that. He had a couple of off games, but he played a lot of minutes, and I thought overall he was pretty darn good. And at the end of the day, you know, they go into Buffalo and they lose a game 8-6, in which I thought he played pretty well in. So he's good enough to win. Can he get better? There we go. Like, that's the question. Like, can he avoid those lapses of three and two minutes? Can he Can he – can he avoid starting the game? Like all these things that maybe have hindered him in the past, but they're all, that are also team related. Uh, can we shore those up a little bit? And can he, can he give us a championship goal a year? I believe so. I you know I don't know if I'm in the majority or the minority. I really have no idea anymore. Not that it matters, but I believe he's good enough to win. I do. Okay. Well, I think we may wrap this thing up here tonight. Let's wrap it up. All right. Saturday night. Be there. 7 o'clock, Scotiabank Arena, Rock City. we got to get back at it here. Get your tickets now at torontorock.com. You said you're bringing the whole family down? The whole family's here, absolutely. My kids are something excited, eh? as I am. (coughs) And what's it like, uh, sorry, and just to backtrack, you you know, you said you're going to be down there with a couple of guys, you know, a couple of buddies, one former teammate, Casey Brands. But what's it been like even just watching the games with with Boom here since you guys have both been – out of it it's great when we get to run into each other because generally he's at a game and i'm not or vice versa but whip sits with us there too i think marshy's in the same area so when we all get to see each other it's great uh, we all can't believe how fast the game is and how much younger and stronger what are the co- what are the conversations like in terms it's, of when you guys are talking about what's going on on the it's floor ne- like it's never we did it better ever <laughs> oddly enough as much as you might yeah. think it'd be it's always well we could never do this again this is this is pretty yeah. impressive now when we you know, depending on how many beers we've had, too, obviously. But, you know, g- generally, if we sit and talk long enough, we can start to pick it apart because it's in our blood and that's what we do. But generally, uh, it's just, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How's things? Enjoying yourself? And like I said, you share beer or whatever and shoot the breeze. Say hi to a couple of fans. It's really good. It's the best. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm kind of a year or two earlier than uh, Marcy and and Boom. And then Whip was a few years before me. So yeah. Whip was really settled in by the time I was sitting up there. Uh, and I was still a little anxious, but, you know, now I'm settled in. I think Casey and Robbie are a little bit more settled into being removed from the game. I think the first year that they didn't play, it was harder for them to be there because they were still kind of attached to it. Yeah. But this year it'll be great just to sit there and reminisce and hopefully talk about how good the team is because I think ultimately at the end of the day we're all Rock fans. So <laughs> all we want to do is see them win again. Absolutely. So if you're at the rink, make sure you say hello to Colin on Saturday night. There you go. For a moment, for a moment, but let, let them watch the game. Well, I'll stay as long as you want. You got okay. something good to talk about? All right. Especially Hutchie's old man. That's an <laughs> open door policy. All right. On that note, we will wrap things up. Uh, remember to tell a friend about the podcast, and uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And uh, we will see you on Saturday night in Rock City, seven o'clock. Start the Toronto Rock and the New England Blackwells. Get it started. In the meantime, and in between time for Colin Doyle, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.